Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. It's that time of night, you can't stay uptight. So come and join the people and I'm feeling all right here on old. America. Yes, here we are. Last hour of the Sunday night show. And you're always free to call in if you'd like to. But we know how this goes. It's uh, late on a Sunday night and only dispatchers and police that may be driving through the city are listening right now, which is just fine with me. 314-436-7900. I wanted to bring this up real quick because Fox 2 did a story on it. And Elliot Davis is great. The you paid for it segments. Oh, what a mess this whole Delmar Loop trolley thing has turned into, isn't it? University officials began discussing the idea of tearing her down. All right, let's pack it up and let's go. Oh, not good. So there's some money set aside by the trolley organization to help restore Delmar because think about everything that went into the trolley. Roads ripped up. Um, you know, they, they took space away from restaurants and businesses there that may have some outside dining or sidewalk space, parking, traffic's a mess. Um, you have the wires that are all hanging up above the roads and you have the lights, you have the specialties, places where the trolley parks, you got the different trolley stops with the big electronic devices where you have to get your tickets and things. There's a, so many different things that are there. And so much of it has taken up a lot of that area for a trolley that seldom worked correctly. (laughs) People didn't ride. (laughs) And even when they tried to bring it back, they found that the interest was just not there. I had some bad experiences and some good ones. It's such a it's such a shame. It's good and it's bad. It's like, wow, this would be cool, right? It would be something that would be nice. A nice little novelty cosmetic feature that serves no purpose other than looking and feeling good. It's not a form of transportation. No one's using that to get around. Oh, I'm just going to hop on the trolley and I'll get down to that. No, it was just for the experience of it. And as you found out pretty quickly, 
There wasn't enough people doing it just for the experience of it. Plus, if the thing showed up or you didn't get stuck on it. I mean, I was stuck on it multiple times. There was a time where I was stuck on it for a long time. My wife was so angry. I finally convinced her, all right, let me try this again. And I take her there and we get stuck on it for like an hour. It's hot. There's no air conditioning on it. So you have the windows open. You're in the heat and she's sweating and she's not happy. A a, a sweating wife, not someone you want to uh, mess with because they'll win that argument all the time. Shouldn't be happening. So we were stuck there and there was other times where cars would get stuck or a ding a another car there'd be a car parked they had to wait for a tow truck or you know traffic was bad or they just didn't show up and there was no way to tell where it was there wasn't really a tracking system on it so you could be sitting at one of the trolley stops for an hour and they say oh no it'll be here every half hour it'll be here every 45 minutes or whatever the interval was and the thing would never show up and people would just be standing there the tickets in hand paid for and they'd be like god just forget it forget it like i want to get stuck in this mess to begin with what a big surprise that this thing wasn't going to work so 51 million dollars all those years all that time and effort put into it see you later they said that the uh, city would begin a hard look at the fate of the trolley in 2022 nope uh, it's 2020 and they realize it's time to cut it so they said that the organization is going to have to really figure out what's going to happen next. Rose said that it would cost more like a million and a half. It'd take about six months to restore Delmar, but they only have 300,000 set aside for it. Oh boy, only 300,000. Not really. I, I know they weren't anticipating this and they were hoping it wouldn't happen, but they were really not all that prepared. Plus they got that federal grant. Are they going to have to pay it back? I hope not. I hope they don't have to have any sort of repayment there. Just the whole thing's all the way a mess. It's, I think, if anything, it's going to be one of those things we joke about in the future. Oh, yeah, just like the trolley. Next time a novelty or some sort of cosmetic thing like this pops up in the community. Oh, we should do this. Well, how about you get it privately funded? No taxpayer money. And the thing with all of this is that they're going to still collect taxes and the money's just going to sit right there. As far as I know, they're not going to abolish the extra tax that goes in for it. Maybe that extra tax is going to just continue to collect until they have all their debts paid. You know, they got all of these trolley things. Maybe they'll make a profit. Maybe they'll be able to turn a profit on some of these trolley cars. They made it sound like they're so hard to get these restored trolley cars. Hey, it's someone else's mess. You remember back on the Simpsons, one of the early seasons where they had the monorail and then the Phil Hartman character comes in, he's wearing like the barbershop quartet hat and he comes singing in about the monorail and it's going to take all your, it's going to take all your problems away and it's going to be the greatest thing ever. I feel like that's it. Now we look back at it and what a mistake and all that money that was spent. I feel like the Simpsons could have warned us properly for something like this. Now, don't get me wrong. All the workers were pretty nice, at least the ones that drove the trolley I came in contact with. The workers, like the maintenance people, eh, not so much, but the but the actual trolley drivers were. You know, I had some good times and bad times on the thing. Bad times at not showing up. Good times. It worked just the way you want it to work. But it was 50-50. You really want to roll that dice? I don't think so. Not worth it. Not worth it. It's it's multi-million dollar mistake, 50-some million dollars going into this. Man, that's a lot of money. 
So see you later, trolley. At least we can finally put it to rest. And instead of selling these trolley cars, how about we bury it in the ground? I would much rather have a giant tombstone put out for this trolley somewhere to be reminded. So anytime someone brings an idea like this up again, we can just take them to the site of the tombstone. So we know, it, you know what's buried here? $51 million. <laughs> That's what's buried here. All right. When we come back with the FDA giving the okay for the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine and the distribution starting here within a matter of days, even locally here in Missouri, starting in a matter of days, we're just close to it. Going all across the country, we talked to Dr. Dean Finelli. He's an expert on pharmaceutical and chemical related technologies. And this is an interview from Thursday. It was a great interview because I asked him a lot about this vaccine because he went through the data. It answers a lot of the questions. So I thought tonight would be a good night to respond to it and uh, bring it back on. He's up next on Overnight America. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all-star closer kenley jansen we have a question what's the best podcast of all time Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Welcome back to Overnight America with the Pfizer vaccine on its way all across the United States, including making its way here to St. Louis. 
just on Thursday when the news broke that it was available for emergency use, meaning we can start to use it because it is an emergency. We were joined by a medical doctor, one that could kind of give us an idea of what to expect with this thing. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to replay it tonight. Join us now to discuss that is Dr. Dean Finelli. Thank you for coming on to KMOX. Good to join you. I wanted to maybe talk about the FDA in general when it comes to the approval process. So emergency use, is that just like a first step and they'll continue to look into this to open it up for the general public for non-emergency use? Uh, So in this case it is, but emergency use is just during a pandemic situation. So it's not a typical situation because we're in a pandemic and, you know, obviously we need to get the therapeutics and the vaccines on the market as quickly as possible. The FDA has a means, the emergency use authorization, to authorize the use of a vaccine in this case prior to full approval, which will probably come, you know, five, six months later. Okay, so on the pharmaceutical side, do you see emergency use happening or is this a pretty rare thing? Uh, It's a pretty rare thing. Uh, You usually don't see it unless there's, you know, a pandemic situation or an emergency situation. So it's very rare. When we talk about emergency use, I guess, what would be what would a constituted emergency use be? So when I think of emergency, maybe I'm looking at it in the wrong way, because I think emergency of you're in a situation where it's necessary to treat you with this as an emergency. But emergency in this case just means that there's a dire need for it for a mass population. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, as they continue with this process, other countries have already approved this and they've been starting to use it. I'm curious if you've seen some of the stories from England or, you know, some of the first cases of this. People are a little bit worried because there's been some initial um, there's been some initial concern that there may be side effects involved with this vaccine. Yeah. So there are some rare side effects. Uh, Two individuals in the UK that received the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, These were individuals that had very high um, overreactive immune systems. In fact, they were um, bringing with them EpiPens. So they they knew that they had uh, overreactive immune systems. So this is not a situation where it was a a healthy individual that got the vaccine. Now, because of that, of course, the FDA, if they authorize this, it could be likely that they say uh, this is authorized for people except if you have, you know, you're on an EpiPen, if you have extreme allergies, in that case. Mm-hmm. But generally, uh, the safety profile is very good. People um, mostly report, you know, similar side effects like the flu injection site pain, some mild fatigue, aches, headache, and fever. About less than 20% of people uh, may show, you know, about 24 hours of a little more serious, like high, higher fever, and more body aches that where they feel like, you know, they had a flu or something. But that's very limited. It's in a small population that usually clears up within 24 days, uh, 24 hours. Excuse me. I see. So that's a pretty quick turnaround on something like that. Well, with the EpiPen, that's kind of interesting because for a while we thought we're going to have to prioritize who should be getting this. And you would think someone that would be high risk may be someone that would be high up there. But now we think about when it comes to complications of the coronavirus, those that were most susceptible to have the hardest time shaking the virus for those that had other complications and they were considered, you know, high risk. So taking this right now, would the high risk cases still be the top priority or do you think the high risk cases may want to wait a little bit to see if any other side effects start to pop up? Yeah, so we know that the high risk cases are people over 65, people that have diabetes, heart disease, and these so-called comorbidities. 
So they'll still be uh, the highest priority to get this. The CDC came out with guidelines and uh, nursing homes, along with healthcare workers and doctors, nurses, uh, will be the first to get it. So even though, you know, you would think that someone uh, in a nursing home may not be in such good shape to receive the vaccine, they are at the highest risk of these you know, almost 300,000 deaths that we're seeing in the U.S. About 40 percent of those deaths have come from nursing homes. So uh, the emergency use, the standard they use there, do the benefits of the vaccine outweigh the risks? So here, because the death rate is so high, uh, the benefits clearly would outweigh the risks. So that's why the, those groups would still be prioritized very high. Dr. Dean Finelli is joining us here on Overnight America, and I'm wondering if you had a chance to review any of the studies or the documents, some of the documentation that has come out on this vaccine. I have reviewed some of the publicly available. Uh, these, All of these companies that are doing have been very good about getting the data out in publicly uh, peer-reviewed journals, and I have looked at some of them. So I'm curious when you review this compared to maybe some of the other documents you've seen from other vaccines or other uh, different types of shots that people may take, like the flu shot or whatever. How does this compare to other things you've seen? Yeah, so if you think the flu is a good comparison, um, you know, this 95 percent efficacy is just incredible. Uh, I think it's way higher than anyone would would have expected. If we compare that to the flu, uh, the flu is about 40 to 60 percent efficacy. the flu vaccine is about 40 to 60 percent effective. So this is much higher than that. Um, and when you talk about the the side effects um, of getting the flu shot, you know, they're typical injection site pain. So these are a little higher than the flu shot. But as far as comparing the data, the efficacy is just quite literally off the charts. I mean, I don't think anyone really expected it to be this this well. And we really need that because to get to that We've everyone heard of the term herd immunity to get there. We're going to need about seven over 70 percent of the population to get vaccinated. So it just will make it that much easier uh, having a a more effective uh, vaccine. You know, we don't hear about the Moderna drug much anymore. A lot of Pfizer talk going through this process. But when they came to the announcements, it was almost one after the other. So Pfizer came first and it seemed like within a couple of days, the next vaccine and another company that was producing one came out with an announcement. So I'm wondering if they're on the the next step to get FDA approval, if they're pretty close to it, if you've heard anything. Yeah, they absolutely are. So this today was Pfizer's uh, turn with this advisor, external advisory committee of the FDA and that external advisory committee will review the Moderna uh, data next Thursday. So effectively, we could have two vaccines uh, before Christmas authorized in the U.S. You know, some people worry about this process and they say, well, based on warp speed, it was just so fast that maybe there were some corners that were cut or maybe there could be things that were pushed along that shouldn't have been pushed along. And they have their own concerns about a vaccine like this. I'm curious if you can talk about the clinical trials and everything that led up to the point of releasing it for emergency release. And if, if people's minds should be eased, even though this was a fast process, but uh, still this is something that it wasn't a cut corner situation. Yeah, they certainly, people should be aware that they did not cut corners. And typically when you're thinking about drug development or vaccine development, in this case, you're talking, you know, the term of a decade or more. So, and the reason that it's so slow is it's very expensive. In this case, through Operation Warp Speed, a lot of these companies uh, received taxpayer funding uh, to accelerate this. 
In addition, you know, usually the FDA has a, a slower approach. You know, they're not look, working around the clock looking at this data so quickly. Similarly, companies prioritize things differently. Here, everyone was laser focused. You had scientists from these companies, you know, literally at these companies working 24 hours a day on these, getting the data into the FDA review in real time. So although this sped up, uh, a lot of it was due just to people working a lot harder, a lot more money and effort being pumped into the effort and the FDA um, kind of reducing some of that red tape, so to speak, and just reviewing the data in real time. So, you know, I'm, I understand why people would be concerned, you know, when you think of this was done so quickly. But when you look at the, the safety profile and when you think of a vaccine, usually, you know, you're going to see uh, side effects with a vaccine that occur pretty rapidly. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you'd love to see that data over a couple of years to make sure there's no long term safety effects. But generally uh, looking at this, you know, you wouldn't expect too many side effects. Certainly you can't say 100 percent. But overall, looking at this, at least in my opinion, it looks very safe. And obviously from that high efficacy number, it's very effective as well. You know, when I look at it this way, it's basically Man, this is an American success story. I think God bless America to be able to get all the people rallied together in order to do this in such a way that's unprecedented to help people. And that's just to me, that's an American success story uh, if I've ever seen one, because you just don't ever get to see things like that um, often anymore. We all rally to try to get this thing going. Um, something else I wanted to point out is the refrigeration that's necessary. So there's very specialized equipment needed to get this sort of vaccine out. Do you have any concerns with that? Uh, certainly, logistically, it'll be a challenge. The Pfizer vaccine needs to be stored at minus 94 Fahrenheit. So that's basically storing it on dry ice. Uh, the Moderna vaccine has to be kept at about minus four. So a little more manageable. But I would imagine, you know, if you think about how the CDC prioritized this, the, the initial dosages are going to hospital workers. So they'll have the infrastructure there to keep it cold. Uh, these companies have been, or Pfizer and Moderna at least, have been uh, running dry runs and practicing to make sure that they have this uh, down pat. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some hiccups here, but I, I don't expect anything major. They've been tracking these. Uh, the vials will be shipped in these huge containers that have GPS trackers. They have uh, wireless uh, remote temperature control. So at all times, you can man uh, monitor where they are and at what temperature they are just to make sure they, store, they remain safe and they remain um, active. Dr. Dean Finelli joining us. And the one thing, if you ever were to watch a doctor on any of the news networks, they always ask them, would you have any hesitation of taking this yourself? So have you thought about that? I would not have any hesitation. I have thought about it a lot. Uh, I would take it if it was available to me. Uh, that said, I have children uh, under the age. Uh, they're not teenagers, young kids. Uh, I'm not there yet with them uh, because I would like to see Pfizer's expanding their uh, trials out to uh, children under the age of 18. They went down to 16, uh, and I think they're down to 13-year-olds now. So I'm going to wait to see that data. But as far as myself uh, and my wife, uh, I would have no problem taking it. And I think that there's going to be a lot of individuals that are going to have to just get comfortable, and sometimes it just takes time. But that's the thing. It's going to take a little time to roll out this to a general population. Do you have any expectation, at least what you're comfortable with, feeling that uh, how long do you think it's going to take before at least we hit the 50% marker of people that have taken the vaccination? 
Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, I think at first a lot of the uh, healthcare workers, they're going to be required to take it. They're the hospitals, nursing homes. They're going to require workers there to take it. They're going to require patients to take it. Uh, so that's, I think, as people see more people getting it and, you know, hearing that, all right, we're not seeing any major side effects, it seems to be safe. I think that'll encourage people. And look, I think we're all really tired of wearing masks. We're tired of being in this situation, quarantining. So uh, it's definitely, you know, that'll incentivize people as well to just you know, try and get back to normal. But I would su- suspect for the general public, we're probably talking about the end of Q1, uh, beginning of Q2 of 2021. So about four, four months or so before the general public is getting rolled out. And probably, hopefully by the end of next summer, beginning of fall, you know, things are back to normal, so to speak. So you can start to see, you know, over 50% of the population has it by the summertime, roughly, something like that. Yeah, I would say about May because, you know, it's amazing. You don't, uh, I didn't realize this, but there's over 100 million uh, people in the healthcare essential worker population. And when you add the high risk people, I think you're about 150 million people. So, you know, it's, it's a huge, we're going to have half of those people that are just the highest priority. So probably by, I, I think you're right, by April, end of April, May, June timeframe, we should start getting to that point where, you know, we're seeing hosp- we're seeing the number of cases go down. We're seeing hospitalization rates go down. And of course, uh, hopefully, you know, death rates are going down as well. Great. Uh, Dr. Dean Finelli, if people wanted to look you up, some of the things that you're doing, where can they find you? Uh, I'm an attorney in Washington at SafeArth Shaw. They can look me up at SafeArth.com, S-E-Y-F-A-R-T-H.com. Perfect. Nice, easy way to do that. And I appreciate the time here tonight, Dr. Dean Finelli. He's an expert on pharmaceutical and chemical-related technologies. Thanks for coming on to Overnight America. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And he joins us on the Quiver River Electric S line. I found that very informative. I hope you did, too. This is Overnight America KMOX. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Got a... Fun week planned, mostly because it's a week that looks forward to a holiday or two holidays in a row with Christmas and New Year. Welcome back to Overnight America. Elvis has been holding on. How are you, Elvis? Director, how are you and your family doing this holiday season? We are doing great. In fact, great, uh, great. looking forward to it. We got a tree with a lot of uh, gifts underneath the tree right now for that kid who's a very spoiled kid. Oh, I'm sure she is. I was going to say, I'm sure your uh, oldest is really pumped. Super pumped. Well, he kind of yeah. gets double duty, so he gets to open up the gifts for the little girl on behalf of her. So he gets to open up his gifts and the daughter's gifts. So it works out pretty good for him. Oh, well, sounds like you guys got a plan. <laughs> yes, we do. So what's going okay. on? Well, fellow, like I was telling the man before you, I forgot to add this to what I was telling him. Uh, we got not just Donald Trump talking about wanting to run in you know, 2024 after this election is all settled and done. I was thinking about uh, Martin Van Buren tried in, I believe, 52 and 1852, and uh, Millard Fillmore ran, I know, in 1856 under the Know Nothing Party, and they were both mm. former presidents, too. But but what I was going to originally tell you was, uh, like I told you last time, you had, in 1884, you had Grover Cleveland who got elected, and then he served four, ter- four years, and then Ben Harrison in 88 beat him, and then in 1892 you had two presidents, which was Ben Harrison, the sitting president, and Grover Cleveland, the former president. Now, mm-hmm. 
like I said, Cleveland won in 92 with Adley Stevenson from Heron, Illinois. And, and like I said to you last time, this is, we're just reliving history. So it's not like this isn't the first time a former president has decided to uh, uh, come back and uh, relive the life again. Yeah, I want to say we talked about this with Rich Rubino a few weeks back. It's been a long time. Oh. It's been long enough where I can't remember exactly the examples he gave, but those all sound familiar. Well, I'm sure we should have heard that. See, I have trouble getting you some nights here in Illinois for some reason. Uh, so, well, yeah, the podcast, you can always download if uh, that's easy on a computer or a smart device. There's probably right, a way right. to find the, it. Well, see, I got my nephew listening to you, I think, now for pretty oh. on a regular basis, and he does it on the Internet, too. So, But, uh, right? but no, uh, I was also going to tell, I told your man before you that uh, I, I wanted to mention that uh, uh, I got young nephews, and neither one of them care for the Rebecca Black Friday song. <laughs> so at my mom's, when I get over there, I turn on, we get, she's got the smart TV or whatever, all you got to do is say yeah. her name, and it pops up. And I play that song as loud as I can, but get told to turn it down. So <laughs> it's okay, just that Ryan, one hey, time. Good talking to you, buddy. Thanks, Elvis. Good, good to hear from you. And shout out to both of Elvis's nephews who listen but do not like Rebecca Black's Friday as an introduction into Friday. You know, really, all you need to say is you got to get down on Friday because everybody's working for the weekend. That's all they need to know. Uh, Hugh is calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Thank you for having me. Uh, I know Joe Edwards, and I think the problem, uh, and Joe is a visionary. He's turned around the uh, Del Mar Loop area, so he deserves some slack. I think the problem with the trolley is it doesn't go far enough. It needs to go all the way downtown. And... uh, uh, I, I think it can be successful then, and I don't think it will need uh, government money, or at least not very much, but it can be a huge benefit to the city of St. Louis, I believe. Mm. Well, it's an afterthought at this point. They're going to start ripping it up. I mean, if, if it was something that was going to work, it was given a lot of opportunities and people just didn't use it. It's uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but... I mean, I think you could have accomplished the same thing with just putting one of I those buses on wheels that look like a trolley. I don't agree with you at all. It's not a problem to drive on it. I've done that many times. It's not a, what's that? Not a... Well, why should they rip it up uh, when it doesn't cause you any problem at all to drive with the, the tracks there? Uh, I, I think if it wasn't being used, I don't know if it warps over time. But then again, what's the point of having the tracks that, there then? Said, like you're going to go back to it. <laughs> well, even if it did, then why didn't they? So tell me, what was the thing stopping them from extend, extending it in the first place? Those it same obstacles so, are still in place. Uh, it takes a lot of money. Yeah. And Those it, same and obstacles can, are are there. Uh well, of course it takes money, uh, but there are plenty of civic people in this city who have a lot of money, and, mm. and who who could back it. How many times did you ride on the trolley? Uh, I can't remember, but I rode it. I mean, I live out in Kirkwood, and so I only rode it a few times, but I did ride it. How many uh, people were on it when you rode it? 
I think it was a decent number of people, but as I say, it doesn't go far enough to attract as many people as it could. Mm. I don't think anyone used it as a means of transportation. They used it as a means of just a fun thing to do. It was a, it was a ride. Uh, that's exactly right. So uh, the point did. of it being then, if it's not a mode of transportation, then what would the good do to take it downtown? Uh, it, it's it's a wonderful thing for out-of-town visitors. Uh, I mean, you look at San Francisco, and their their trolley system is a huge attraction to visitors. Yeah. And uh, the idea yeah. behind this is to not as transportation, but as an attraction for for people who want to see uh, parts of the city that they wouldn't otherwise see. And, uh, and it also, uh, another huge aspect of it running down Delmar is that Delmar uh, is a part of the city that really needs help. And this could be potentially a huge help to uh, Delmar uh, and then a, a further help to, uh, I would run it over Jefferson and make it run down Washington Avenue, which is already doing very well, uh, but uh, it certainly could use more benefit. Uh, but uh, I, I think Joe, you ought to have Joe Edwards on uh, because I think he's a visionary who has done a heck of a lot for the city already. You know, if I had him on, the first question I would ask is, if you could do it all over again, would you do it? Same thing. I don't think the answer would be yes. I mean, look at the revenue the thing has generated. It's taken in tax money because it was forced to, but revenue from ticket sales were abysmal, and it never met Target, and it was always losing money, and it was always breaking down, and there was always repairs if it was running to begin with, and it was just more problem than it was convenience or anything else it was just well, a every, problem everything needs a shakedown cruise and this is on a shakedown cruise or this has been on a shakedown cruise uh in terms of breaking down uh but take a take a good look at what joe edwards has done for the delmar loop area it's tremendous it's hmm. huge and yeah it has, you know, and that's the thing. He's he's done a lot of good things, but you know, he's he's not batting a thousand anymore. I mean, this is definitely a this was a loser. It's there's no way around it. There, this was not uh, a success. It, it doesn't have to stay a loser. Oh, there's no I'm turning saying. back. There, there's no way this would turn around. I mean, I, I, how much time would you have to give it, and how much would you have to sink into it? I mean, to th- th- to figure out that even extending the track, it wouldn't add any extra people or usage onto it. I and it probably wouldn't help you. the technical problems, too. Okay, that's fine. Hey, thank you very much for your call, Hugh. Good to hear from you. But when it comes to the trolley, the ticket sales were terrible. People didn't ride it. There was times where they weren't even reporting it because it was so low. It was broken a lot of the times. How many delays were put into it? The construction changed. Like, the, the plan on what they were doing changed. I remember uh, being told at the very onset when they were pitching this sort of thing, oh, you won't see any overhead wires. Don't worry. It won't make it look bad out there. And then... It's all overhead wires in the places that you go to. The, the thing breaks down. You don't know where it's at. You don't know if it's coming. You could be stuck somewhere else. You could be stuck there forever. Cars get stuck behind it. It's already a narrow road. And then again, when you look into the thing, 
you're blocking all of this traffic. You're putting a hassle to everyone that's driving down there. I'm sure the businesses don't like the idea of their customers getting aggravated every time they go to that street to look onto a trolley where there's two people on board. Just not worth it. And to think 50 some million dollars and all that effort and all that construction and all the people that you had to convince and all of that for this inevitable ending that a lot of people could have predicted. Sure. I mean, Joe Edwards is a very convincible. Uh, he, he's good. He pitches something and you say, I'm going to listen to what he says because he's got a good track record, but he's not batting a thousand. And this is this is a big loss. This is Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. And you know I'm a fan of Kevin Colleen's whole other stories. He's got a new one for us. Can you show us under the hood? Is there anything back here? <laughs> of course. So this is the 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 engines in the back. Yeah, it's air cooled. John Durnell drives a gold colored Beetle convertible. I saw it parked with a top down in Soulard outside Vincent's Market. <laughs> it's a 1974 Sunbug, and I purchased it in 1974. Been the only owner of it. So it's uh, pretty dear to my heart. This is like a marriage partner, this car, since 1974? It, it has actually since 1974, and, and it uh, has been all over the country. It's been from one coast to the other coast. And uh, the good thing is, is that uh, it's been garaged, so that's why it's kind of in good shape. Mechanically, I've had it overhauled because the car is 40, what, 5, 45 years old? Yeah, 45 years How many miles old. are on it? Well, the odometer broke at 90,371, and that was over a decade ago. No marriage is perfect. <laughs> of course not. It what, are, what have been your difficulties or disappointments in this marriage partner? Well, absolutely nothing. What are her faults? Her faults? Well, it's just it's an older car now. So when you when I go from my newer vehicle to this, you go, how in the hell did I drive this all over the country? I'm, I mean, would you trust her for a trip out to Washington, Missouri? Oh, yes. In fact, I took her to uh, wine country not too long ago. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. How about a trip to Wisconsin? Well, I've been toying with that. That's part of like I'm retired now. And that's been kind of my fantasy is to take a, a road trip that is some distance on it. Starts right up every time. John Durnell drove away with a top down on his VW Beetle. One of the last warm days before he puts it in the garage for the winter. With a whole nother story, I'm Kevin Killeen. Uh, what a cool project to have. Well, that does it for us on Overnight America. We'll be back Monday night at 8 o'clock. Big show, of course, with Rich Rubino joining us then. And a lot more things stored, so you'll just have to join us then. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.